it's time to listen to the Word of God. Are we excited in our spirit for the Word of God? Are we in the house today, church? Today we are on a low side with energy. Can I just hear some love in the house? Yes. Awesome. All right. Whatever it is, lay down at the feet of Jesus. He cares for you. <laughs> Amen. So we've been on this journey, dining with the king. And it's been so amazing to dine with Jesus at the table of the world. We've been eating with the Lord. We've been dining. We've been listening. And we pray and hope that our hearts are en enriched and nourished with the word of God, with the ingredients from the word of God, and that we are no longer the same. It's been a question of, Lord, who gets to be invited at your table? Who gets to be on your guest list? Those are two questions that we have been trying to tackle in the past few weeks. On who gets to be invited to the wedding lamb or uh, to the wedding of the Lord, and who gets to be on his invitation list? And then we've been looking at you have to be like this and like that and like that and like that in order for you to qualify for that invitation. Today is the last in our series. And we are looking at another aspect or an aspect of how we manage what God has given to us. So the title of our message today is called Money Matters. Money Matters. I would like to read the scripture, uh, the scripture that we have been looking at before even going in details to explain. So that's from Psalm 15, verse 1 to verse 5. I want us to read together. Like I said, the question comes, God, who gets invited to dine at your place? Who gets invited to your wedding or to your party? How do we get on your guest list? Those are two questions that we've been trying to answer the past few weeks. And teachers, we know already what's coming ahead of us. There will be a celebration, a wedding list, a wedding celebration when Jesus comes. We are his bride and we'll get to celebrate together. How do you get to be on that invitation? On that, and how do you get to be on the wedding list, on the guest list? To the marriage supper of the Lamb of God when Jesus returns. So we're not talking about the past. We're talking about today and what is happening tomorrow if Jesus was to come back tomorrow. How do you get to be part of the wedding, of the celebration? And how do you get to be on the list of Jesus? Remember, we are learning about the book of Revelation and the Bible said books will be opened, right? And names of people are written in the books. And there's one book in particular, the book of life, the guest list of Jesus Christ. When that guest list will be opened, those who have been invited by Jesus, those who have given their lives to the Lord, those who are walking with the Lord Jesus will be found on that guest list. And their names will be called one by one. Those whose names will not be found on that guest list, they are not invited. They will be cast out. To a place where they will gnash their teeth, where they will cry, to a place of fire, to a place of torment. But those who will be found on that guest list, Jesus says, they will be told to go and enter and celebrate with the Lord forever and ever. So we're looking about the future. And we're looking about what we need to do today. So it says, number one, 
uh, verse 2, walk straight, act right, tell the truth. Verse 3 and 4 says, don't hurt your friend, don't blame your neighbor, despise the despicable. You know? And then verse 5, that's what we're looking today. It says, keep your word even when it costs you. Make an honest living. Now we're going to look at that particular statement. Make an honest living. Never take a bribe. You will never get blacklisted if you live like this. Make an honest living. Never take a bribe. And we are talking about money matters. Money matters. How do we live in an honest way, in the way that honors the Lord? How do we make our monies honest, our living honestly? And what does the Lord expect of us even as we make money and we make a living? And then he says, then there's a possibility to be blacklisted if you do not live like this. But if you do live like this, you will never be blacklisted. That scripture is quite full of things to think about. So, and we're talking about money today. I want us to be reminded that money is the most important value in our society today. It is absolutely essential for our existence. It is one of the things that almost everyone wants to have more of. Everyone I've come across, they want to have more of money. They want to have a lot of money. Even when they have money, they want to have more of it. Even when they have it, they want to have more and more and more. Whoever gets tired of having more money in this house, you might need prayer if you are here, that I am tired of having too much money. Because even people who are billionaires, even number one billionaires in the world, they are still in business making more money. <laughs> even people that you call rich, they are still working they are still having employment or jobs creation and businesses to make more and more of it. And all of you are here seated who are in employment or have your own companies or are working hard. You are making money. You are working hard so that you can make more of it. Am I right? I've never seen one person who doesn't like having money. So it's one of the commodity, it is one of the items or one of the things that we want to have most of. And can I also tell you that it is also the subject which has caused more family arguments than all others combined. It is one of the most influential and one of the most crucial subjects on earth today. It has divided families. It has divided good organizations. Good organizations. And when I mean by good organizations, you know what I mean. There have been organizations that we may know. There are organizations that I know that we are working and trying to help the underprivileged, helping society and community with education, with social welfare, with agriculture, and everything else. But most of these good organizations, they end up splitting under the subject of money. Shares investments, all these things. Families are split today because of this one. Marriages have end, ended because of this subject. It is quite a crucial one. Governments are always thrown in tantrums when you get in parliaments and all these things because of this very subject. No wonder 
Jesus gave a great deal of time in talking about this subject. In case you didn't know, there are three crucial things that the Bible talks about. Faith, prayer, and money. Faith, in the whole Bible, there are 500 scriptures or verses that talks about faith. There are also 500 verses that talks about prayer. But there are 2,353 verses that talks about money. Hmm. That makes me think and think and think. Jesus <laughs> spoke 38 Proverbs while he was on earth. He spoke a lot through Proverbs. And we know about 18, 16 to 18 of the Proverbs as Jesus spoke was on money. And the rest on everything else, on salvation, on the kingdom of God. Jesus talked about money more than he talked about the kingdom of God, if you read the Bible. He talked about money and investment and wealth a lot more than even talked about faith and everything else. Why? You would like to think, why? Why would there be 2,000, over 2,000 scriptures that is talking about money and just about 500 talking about faith and 500 talking about prayer and everything else and fewer or less that is talking about righteous living and all these other things? It is because money from the beginning is one of the most influential things that can either lead people away from God or lead people to God. Money is the number one idol here on earth. Above everything else. Money sponsors almost every evil that we can think about here on earth. Sex, abortions, murder, war crimes. Everything else we may think about that is evil, even death. Everything we may think about that is evil on earth is sponsored by money. So if money is used right, invested right, then our priorities will be in the right places. That's why God is so interested in this particular subject. And that's why as a pastor, I am very much interested in this particular subject. That's why church is interested in this particular subject. If we do not put money in its right places, if we do not live right and make money in an honest way, our Christianity and our faith will not be right. Actually, the way you use money, the way you invest money, the way you allow money to work for you as a child of God shows your spirituality. It shows whether you've grown up in that particular, in your faith, or you are still a baby. Because we know the attitude of children and the attitude of adults. Adults are selfless and they put the interest of others first. But young people, babies, they want it's me, me, and myself. They want to get everything to themselves. A child might have a wonderful toy and see another child who has a broken toy. A child will cry for a broken toy to add to a wonderful toy that a child has. That's just so proclivity of humanity. Oh, big words. That's, <laughs> that's just how nature, how human nature and how our, our humanity just is made up. There's just that appetite, desire. I love Plato, one of the philosophers who divided a human being into three things. Appetite, <laughs> desire, 
Oh, my goodness. Let me not go into that theological stuff. But it's just that our lives and our souls are so just inclined so much into wanting to have more of this. And most of the thing that you want to have requires that we have money in order for us to, to be able to sponsor. So one of the richest, the richest person in the Bible, Solomon, has something to talk about money. He says in Proverbs 23 and verse 5, he says this. Cast but a glance at riches, and they are gone. For they will surely sprout wings and fly off to the sky like an eagle. He said, he's the richest man we know in the Bible. The entire Bible talks about this great guy who was the richest man who had almost everything that he needed in wealth and riches. He says that, hey, if you concentrate and spend your whole life on just making money, spending money, and having money, it is good. You may have it. But he's saying that it is not permanent. It is not the most permanent thing here on earth. He's saying that money has got wings. And I wish I one day we'll concentrate on talking about the spirit of money and talk about how money operates and how money has capacity and potential to fly away like a loose bait from the hands or from the snare. Mm -hmm. Have that at the back of your mind. But today, Solomon is, is reminding us that you just need, we may have money, and one day you cast a glance at it. And before you know it, money will be gone. That's what he says. For money has got wings, and it can sprout wings. It can grow wings and fly away. It can fly off to the sky. Like an eagle. So if all your life and all your desire, the quality of your life is reduced in getting and having wealth and acquiring wealth, one day you might grow up and have a lot. You might have all the money you need. And then you just find that I've wasted time because my life is still empty. Money is good, but it shouldn't be a number one priority in your life. If you are going to, to work, you, have, you are going for a job. It shouldn't be because of the money. Money is there. You'll be rewarded for your good work. But let there be passion as a priority. Let there be purpose. Why are you doing what you are doing? Some of you are like, what do we work for? We work for money. We work for money, the girls do. We work for money. Yes, it's good to work for it. But it's even better to allow money to work for you. If you are doing what you are doing because that's your purpose on earth, you are not wasting your time. You are investing. Because it will come back to you. But if you are going, you are waking and spending, waking up in the morning to go and work for money, you are wasting your time because one day it can fly away. And we don't have enough of it. Why waste our time chasing after it? I would rather I'm going for work every day, every morning, because I know that I am saving the purpose that God gave me. I am investing in the eternal treasures. I am having money as a reward for my investment in my purpose. Priority is right. It has to be right. And we'll look about that today. So Solomon says, he made a great observation. He says, when you cast your eyes on money, you find that today it is, tomorrow it's not. Because the riches and, and all this wealth, they grow wings. And they can fly. They have a spirit. And that spirit is commanded by what Jesus mentioned, mammon. So, 
Now, what do we need to do as children of God? He's saying that we have to cast a glance at, what, at that which is permanent. That's what that first statement to me means. We have to cast our glance. We have to gaze. We have to focus. We have to concentrate on that which is important. Jesus says, how many of you, by worrying about money, about food, about clothes and everything else, can add a day or a month or a year or an hour to your life? And about money, Jesus says to a man who was rich and had all his money, his investments and wealth in the parables of Jesus. Jesus, and this man says, rejoice my soul, rest and relax now that you have everything you need. Eat and be merry. Jesus says that, you foolish rich man, today I'm taking my soul away from you. You will go to the grave and your money will be spent by people who never worked for it. When Jesus is talking about soberness of mind in acquiring wealth in Matthew. He talks, he brings uh, an example of this man who had all the money, had all the wealth, had all the harvest, and his focus was now let me relax and rest because I have everything I needed to have on earth. And Jesus says, today, you are going back to where you came from. And then you have lost everything because you never gazed or glanced. You never glanced at the Lord your God. You never paid focus and attention at fulfilling your purpose and your call here on earth. We are all passerbys. We are all sojourners and the passengers here on earth. And one day we'll get to our destination. But this is not our permanent place. It is our place of assignment. Where you go for work, the family you belong to, the friends you have, the community you belong to, is your mission field, your place of assignment. Do not make it your permanent residence. And if you know that you've got a destination, a place where you go to, you will live with soberness of mind here. Because you know that one day I will answer the call to go home. So Solomon says that we have to pay attention, we have to focus on what matters a lot. So now, that makes me want to think about why do we, most of the time, just, you know, just like put things in a wrong priority. I want to think it's because of our foundation. I want to think it's because of how we build our lives. If the foundation of our lives is built on happiness here on earth, then we are going to do everything possible to keep happy. But should the foundation... We know happiness is defined in English and dictionaries. Happiness is defined as a feeling or a state of one at a moment in a given moment. So sadness also is defined as a feeling or state of what has happened to one at a particular moment. But you know what? There is one thing that never goes away for a child of God, and that is joy. Joy is not a state of being. Joy is not a feeling that you have at a particular moment. Joy is, uh, is an assurance, an assurance, and joy is a position based on who got your back. Joy is a state of being of your inner person because you know that my life is not my own. I am not by myself in this world, but I belong to Jesus. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. Therefore, I need to rejoice because he knows where I'm going. 
We need to rejoice. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say be happy. It says you rejoice, have joy. And it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. Not just happiness. It's joy. Joy. And he said the kingdom of God is not just, it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Why can't we invest in our lives living in the abundance of joy in the Lord than chasing after happiness? Even goodness and mercy, the Bible has promised that it has to follow us all the days of our lives. Let us not be money chasers, but joy chasers. However, we have to look at our foundation, right? Jesus and Paul talks about foundation. Jesus talks about the foundation uh, when he talks about two builders, one built on the sand and one built on the rock. But I want to read about what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 up to 14. Look at what Paul says. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than that, the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. He's talking about the day of judgment when every work will be tested by fire. And if it is built of hay, it's built of straw, it's built of wood, it shall not survive the test. It shall not survive the fire. He says their work will be brought to light. And he says it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work, including you and I seated here. The fire will test the quality of our work. Mm -hmm. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. The question is, will your work, will your building receive a reward? Will your building pass this test and receive a reward? Every work, every life will be tested. Just like Miles Monroe said, everyone will be, will be tested by the words they speak or by the things they hold dear to. So God will reward every work that you will pass and survive the testing of fire. So now, that makes me to be sober and want to lay up a very good foundation of my life. Because everything I build on my life is built on the foundation. If the foundation is broken, if the foundation is cracked, it means that everything I'll build on it will not stand long. You're serving the Lord, you working for the Lord, you serving God is built on the foundation. What is at the core of your life? Is there bitterness? Is there anger? Is there unforgiveness? Is there gossip? Is there malice? Is there slander? Is there fights? Is there strife among ourselves? James says if all these things are in our lives, they'll always raise up battles. That's what James says. Let us give a big deal and a good deal about our foundations. So Jesus also says, these two people are building a house. One survived because the foundation was good. The other broke because the foundation was bad. And you know what Jesus is saying to us today? He's saying that your life is just like a house. And that's what Paul also says. Your life is just like a house, which is built on the foundation which foundation is your life built on? 
That's the point of reflection and introspection for you today. What foundation are you building on your faith? What foundation are you saving or building? Every single piece that we do in church or in our lives, we are building. Those are building blocks. Those are bricks that are building on our lives. So if on the foundation there is, let's say there is love on the foundation, there is faith on the foundation, there is salvation on the foundation, there is purity on the foundation, there is generosity, how we use money and how we acquire money, the honestness of living. If those things characterize as our foundation, they are built on Jesus Christ. But if it is opposite, then it's another foundation. We have to build on Jesus Christ. And we have building blocks that God has given us in order for us to continue in this subject we are talking about today. The message is called money matters. You know what? Because money really does matter. To God, it matters to you. It matters to your family. It matters to this church. As we are busy building uh, the church and building this uh, buildings that we can meet in God and, and get people ready to live, to go into our buildings or houses or the church, God is also busy building the people so that they can occupy the building. So a family of God, a church of God is always under construction by God, both physically and spiritually. Physically, we need fellowship, oneness, and one another. We also need money. It's a great deal. Every family, if we agree that a church is a family, then we also agree that every family needs a place to live in. Not so. We need a place where we can call that it is home. If the church also is family, it needs a place to call home. A place we can meet once in a while. A place where everyone... Imagine if this was our own place. You can walk in any time, kneel down, pray to God, even alone. You can always find the doors open to the church when you are troubled and you, you, you can't find peace elsewhere and you, life is just so surrounding you. You could walk in and just alone sit in the house of your father and just enjoy his presence. Be calm and just enjoy the long moment but with the Lord. Imagine the benefits of a church having a place they can call a home. But can we have it by prayer alone? By prayer and fasting? I want to get your response. Can we have that by prayer alone? By prayer and fasting alone, we need prayer, we need fasting, we need action. Your giving is so important in order to build this church here on earth. Your life, giving of your life to the Lord, giving of your time to the Lord, and giving of your resources to the Lord will make this church stand. Money matters. Money does matter a lot. It matters to God. It matters to you. It matters to your family, and it matters to the church. It matters a lot to the government. That's why they want you to pay tax. Lots of taxes. Lots of tax. You pay tax in your cars when you buy them, when you drive them, when you buy fuel, when you... <laughs> everything. There is tax because the government also does need money in order to survive. Show me one government that survives only by love and no money. Which country is that? You run out of it. Not so. How about your family? 
your mother, father is so loving, just kisses you every day, embraces you every day, sing, uh, you know, uh, bed, uh, bedtime stories to you and songs and all that. And in the morning, you wake up with an empty stomach and just come and say, I love you, my daughter, my son. And the day goes by. You are going to go to a place where there is good food and there is no love. Am I right? And leave love at your house where there is love and there is no food. Am I right? Money matters. It matters in the marriage. There could be all the love there is. But without Resources without money, that marriage, one of the two, probably if they are not faithful, <laughs> they will leave to go to where there is no love but there is money. So there has to be balance in everything in life. And God wants us to live a balanced life. Let me give you a, a, a scripture and then we're going to go into building blocks quickly before we can pray about this subject. So Jesus says something in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Listen to what Jesus says. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, on building blocks. Thank you. He says, do not store up for yourself treasures here on earth. Other version says, do not lay up treasures for yourselves here on earth. And he says, here on earth, there are moths, there are vermins that destroy. Thieves can break in and they can steal your investment. He says, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermins do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your, eye has, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Jesus is talking about laying treasures. He's talking about laying treasures. If you lay treasures here on earth, Laying treasures or storing treasures is talking about investment. If you invest just here on earth, all your life is invested here on earth and in nothing nowhere else. When this earth passes away, so will be your investment. If this earth, which the Bible promises us, the earth and everything in it will pass away, but the word of God will stand forever. If it does pass away, so will be your life. So will be your investment. Jesus is calling us to permanency. He's calling us to a place where we have eternal joy. Where we have eternal reward. That is heaven, he says. That's why we need to store up and lay up our treasures. And Jesus talks about if at all we have to, to, lay, to lay up treasures here on earth, it has to be laid up in heaven. And treasure, Jesus is calling us to do, is lay treasure in something that is permanent. Can you show me what is the one thing that is permanent here on earth? Cars, houses, happiness, money, how about work, how about marriage here on earth? Yes, as long as you are alive, but when Jesus comes back, <laughs> we'll be taken to heaven, and I will not invest in that subject right now. But Jesus is talking about something that is very permanent here on earth. It is an investor. If you have looked at that scripture, the only one thing in that which is permanent here on earth, it is a what? An investor. He says, do not lay up treasures here on earth, which can be stolen, can be taken, insects can corrupt it and all that. 
But Jesus is talking behind that statement as a teacher. I am thinking about somebody who has not been given a temporal existence. And that's a person who is storing, not so. That person is permanent. Here on earth, the only thing that is permanent is you and me. Not permanent here on earth, but to live forever. When life is over here on earth, life continues in heaven. Life continues with Jesus. If earth passes away and everything in it, we who belongs to the Lord will celebrate and rejoice with him forever and ever. So if we store treasures into so many other aspects of investment, they can pass away. It's good to store. But Jesus is saying that lay up treasures for yourselves in heaven. How do you lay up treasures in heaven? Invest in the people God has put here on earth in his image and likeness. They are permanent. Invest in bringing people to the kingdom of God. Invest in winning souls to the Lord. Invest in making sure that there is a place, the church buildings, places where people can come and give their lives to the Lord. You are investing in heaven. Did you know that? Maybe it's a light bulb moment for you today. How do we invest treasures in heaven? I wish there was a ladder or staircase or maybe an elevator of some sort. We can get in quick. And we meet up treasures in heaven and we put in there. And we can count how much we have. But you know what Solomon says in Proverbs? He who wins souls is what? Can I hear you say it loud? He who wins souls is what? Is wise. That's an investment. Jesus is saying that lay for yourself treasures in heaven. No one can steal it. There's only, uh, and the only place where Jesus gives a permanent promise is where Jesus says that, it's where Jesus says that, you, uh, Jesus says that whoever God has brought to my hand will never be snatched away and I'll never throw away. That's what Jesus promises. Jesus says that if you believe in me and you follow me, where I will be, you will be forever and ever. And he's talking about people. People are permanent in the eyes of God. You, you live permanent with God based on your choice on earth, or you live permanent in the fire with Satan based on your choice here on earth. If you know that people are permanent, may we develop and empower one another to do the right thing. May our investment be that people can come to the Lord and find salvation and find life. So we need to invest right. Some of you, money is your master. Some of you, popularity is your master. Some of you, pride is your master. Some of you, being accepted by every single person is your master, is what you adore and push and pursue after. Some of you, personal ambitions are your masters. Some of you, clinging to a corporate ladder and wanting position is everything you devote yourself. Some of you can't even come to church because you've gone for work. And imagine, church will continue in heaven, work will not. Some of you would rather go to a business, and it's good to go and do that, but you cannot even prioritize, even for one second to spend time with God in the midst of your funny, busy day. Imagine, it's a good investment. We wake, we labor for our children, our families and friends and all that. That's very good. But if we do not balance, 
Jesus will not reward us greatly for that. There are scriptures in the Bible where Jesus talks about how others will come to the Lord and say, we did that, we did that, we gave that, we felt that. And Jesus said that you never did what was important. Get away from me, I never knew you. Because the investment wasn't complete, wasn't balanced. Can we, can we be able to use money and our wealth to build the kingdom, to build one another, to lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven? What do we need to do? We need to have some building blocks. We need to, and the first building block, we have to understand that ownership and stewardship have to be right. The Bible says in Psalms that God owns everything. We don't. Whatever you have, you are just a steward. You are a manager. You are just a steward. Ownership belongs to God. He's the owner of everything, silver and gold, and everything is his. That's what the Bible says. Have you read it? You can find it in Psalm 24. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it belongs to him, to him alone. But you are a steward. Whatever you have, when you make money and whatever you make, when you make good life, it is good. You are a good manager on behalf of God. But God, you know what? One thing about God, you remember the parable of a king or a man who gave his investment to different people? What did he want from all of them? To invest. The one who buried was cast out and it was taken away from him. He's thinking about how God thinks. God wants his money or whatever we are holding as his steward invested in heavenly treasures. And the heavenly treasures are seated right here. In the kingdom of God, in the work of God, it is an investment. It is an investment. The other building block we have to think about if we have to, to have money uh, take us and make us in the right place is that we have to learn to be generous. We have to learn to give. Giving is an important aspect of, 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 uh, of being good steward. You can make money, you can give money, you can save money, and you can spend money. It's not like God is after your joy and he wants to just end your joy. No, God wants you to be generous because through giving, through giving into God's work, into charity work, through giving in our family, through giving and building God's kingdom and all that, you get a reward from it because it would have been well spent here on earth. That's what the Bible is talking about. And the other building block we are talking about, it is saving. He said that save your money in the heavenly treasures. Also, there are earthly treasures. Some of you you have these priorities wrong. Once you have money, the, the first thing you are thinking about is spending it. That's not the first thing that should come to your mind about money. The first thing is you have to make money. The second thing is you have to give some of it. Because when you have money, you have to give in feeding your family. You have to give in taking care of people. Not so. You have to give to God your tithe and offering. The third thing, important thing, is you have to save. You have to think saving. You have to save. Some of you have a habit. Whenever you have little money, then you buy all the expensive things that you have been dreaming about. How about develop, developing a habit of buying them in steps so that you can prioritize saving for a rainy day, saving for a bad time, because it will come. 
Jesus has not promised us a life without storms. He said storms will come, fire will come. But if you have been wise, you will survive when that time comes. God may call upon you to invest and to be able to maybe even go and save him somewhere else. But if you have not learned the discipline of saving, how are you going to go and save God? How are you going to go and be able to invest in the kingdom of God if you do not save? How will your children remain and have an inheritance? You know, the best inheritance should be that your children know the Lord. The rest, you have to make sure that they go through school. They have something that they can stand by. And people have different philosophies and principles about investment. But we can't run away from the scripture that says, a wise man leaves inheritance for his children and his children's children. God wants you to save his money. Remember, ownership belongs to God. Stewardship belongs to you. You are a steward, a manager of God's properties you are holding on to. But it belongs to him. Because Psalm 24 says, heaven belongs to God and the earth belongs to God and the silver and gold and everything in it belongs to God. So does your life belongs to God. Here's the last thing about the building block you have to think about. Building block number four is that we have to think about ownership. It's leading me to ownership. If you know that the ownership of finances belongs to God, then you have to know that God wants you to invest. The owner of money says invest. Invest, if you want to have more of money, remember Psalm 15 says you have to earn your living. How? If you are following, how are you supposed to earn your living? Speak it loud. How are you supposed to earn your living? Honestly, that's what we read, not so. Honestly. So if you are to earn your living honestly, invest every bit that comes your way. It will keep on multiplying. Jesus says to that, to, to the man the, in the parable, a man who gave talents, he says, you could have invested my money in businesses, in trade. You could have invested my money even in the bank and it would have multiplied. Jesus is talking about how God's heart is. God has invested himself in you, in your life. And he has given you wealth and material here on earth. And he's asking you to invest it. Invest. Invest in people. Invest in the church work. Invest in your family. And invest in works that will bring a profit. Invest. Invest in God in the tithe and offering. If this church has to survive, has to continue being a good home. We need your investment. We need your giving. We need you to be good steward. We need you to be good managers of God's property has given to you. That once you have money, the first thing is spend that comes to your mind. And if there is any imbecile or any remainder or, or any drops, then you think about tithe. And sometimes you skip it because your priorities are not right. Your priorities are not right. Who is first in your life? Is it God or is it your belly? and your body. If we put ourselves first, we are not, we are investing our treasures where? On earth. That's what Jesus says. But if we put him first, we are investing our treasures where? In heaven. I know I may not be popular after this, but I want to teach you things that will give you joy. Amen. Because I want you to have money, don't I? I'm teaching you how to get it, how to save it, how to invest it, and how to spend it. Because we need to put our priorities right. 
children of God should not be lacking. God says he, he, he desires that we may prosper even as our souls prosper. Children of God should be investors, should be kingdom investors. How can you invest that which you do not have? We have to have time to pray, time to read, time to work and make money and time to give that money to God and others and invest it right in heavenly treasures, in heavenly storehouses. So when, when there is a subject like today, we are talking about giving to a Lesotho trip. I was just observing that brown basket like Jesus was observing when they were giving coins in the treasures in the temple. I, I just felt in my heart like I should bring that basket back so that we give right in it. Because whenever there is a mission that is sending people to go and get empowered and have something of great value invested in them, you should want to have part with that great investment because you are storing in heaven. Last week, we, or the other week, we were talking about investing in our brothers and sisters who are having a wedding, a happy time. You should... You, those that count money, it's sometimes a sad story. But however, if we put things right, we are going to know how to invest right because God wants us to live a balanced life. As a pastor, is money important to me? Oh, yes, it is. Yesterday after I had a meeting, my wife kicked me out of home. She said, you have to go and find food and everything at home needs. I'm like, in my heart, I was like, I'm a pastor. Am I not? Let me just pray for the family and you will be okay. But I realized that they don't just need my prayers. They need my... So I was joking with Samson. We were talking and I'm like, I've been kicked out of home. I am here hustling. <laughs> I was working. Not in the office. I was in town. Working, looking for money. I found it. After I found it, I spent some of it in my family. And I invested some of it in the trip today and gave to the Lord. We have to live a balanced life. Not only I don't have money, if I have money, you have to make it first. If you make it after making it, give some of it. After giving some of it, you have to save some of it. You have to invest some of it. Those principles are amazing building blocks that will give you peace when you go to bed to sleep at night. For you know that things are okay. May God bless us as his children so that we can be wiser than the children of this earth.